0: The Heinemann Podcast is a production of Heinemann Publishing. Heinemann is a provider of resources written by real teachers for real classrooms. Heinemann values teachers as decision makers and students as curious learners. Discover the path to lifelong professional learning at Heinemann.com. Heinemann, dedicated to teachers. I'm Brad from Heinemann. On today's podcast, Making Teacher Evaluation Work. During the evaluation process, teachers might be asking for one thing, while evaluators are looking for something different. So how do we bring these two perspectives together to reach common goals? In Making Teacher Evaluation Work, authors Rachel Gabriel and Sarah Wolfen suggest there's a way to not only improve the evaluation process, but also use evaluations as a way to improve teaching. Rachel and Sarah have created a resource for teachers and evaluators to read together that walks them through every step of the evaluation process. We started out our conversation on how this book came to be.
1: I don't want to go way back into history, but um, uh, the last five or six years, uh, most states in the 40s, I think it's like 46 out of the 50 rewrote their teacher evaluation policies almost completely. Um, So we have this new wave of new generation policies, and um, teachers all over the country over the last few years have been piloting them or um, getting into them for the second, third, fourth year, and it raises a lot of questions. They are higher stakes than they've ever been. They're happening for every teacher every year, which is a new thing. Um, People are using measurement tools for evaluating teaching that they've never used before, and we don't know a lot about um, how they work and how they work to support teachers or how they work to identify teachers that... Um, are doing a great job or an okay job or are doing a job that means they need support. Um, So there are a lot of questions that are instructional questions, not just policy questions about what evaluation means for what actually happens in classrooms, what potential it maybe has or doesn't have to improve the quality of um, classroom interactions, which I think is like the stated goal of having an evaluation policy at all. But it's not always immediately obvious how the policy itself winds its way into what teachers and students actually do together in the classroom. So uh, we both have this background in literacy and still work a lot with literacy teachers in different grade levels, and so we were doing a lot of thinking about how the new policies uh, impact what happens in classrooms and what teachers are thinking and talking about. And then just informally in conversations with teachers, it's what is on their minds uh, a lot of the time, especially at the beginning of the year and the end of the Mm -hmm. year sort of thinking about how they're gonna be rated and what the ratings will mean for them as professionals and what they need to do to get different ratings. Um, And also, I'll turn it over to you, Mm -hmm. Sarah's work with administrators, it's not always easy to make the evaluation happen and happen in an accurate and a fair way. So teachers are worried about it, but I think probably almost equally, Mm -hmm. administrators are worried about it. Yeah, I think there are two other pieces. I think that
2: one, we started noticing in informal conversations with teachers that while they were perhaps had increases in stress and were experiencing kind of additional work related to evaluation, particularly at the beginning and the end of the year, they didn't necessarily always see or have access to the big picture ideas and policy messages and frameworks that were being used by policymakers with regard to evaluation. And so another purpose was sort of to open up that black box or open up, um, demystify, Um, some of the definitions and and terms and ideas that were behind evaluation. And then I think the other piece that we noticed um, in our work with literacy educators, as well as leaders, um, and in sort of interacting with the evaluation frameworks is that these frameworks are not um, necessarily content-specific, so we were losing or lacking and missing sort of the, where's the literacy within the evaluation? And if you want to improve the nature of literacy instruction, in classrooms and in schools, if and how can you use these new evaluation materials to do so.
0: How does your work in this book unify classroom teachers' and administrators' goals?
2: I feel one point that we make in the book and across places is that it's less about the particular goals or the particular ask, tell, do this, and it's more about opening up the conversation and the ongoing dialogue about what's currently happening in my classroom What am I feeling is working within that? What am I noticing is not necessarily working with that? And being able to have that sort of conversation with your administrator who is doing the evaluation process. So in that way, the evaluation process is sort of a window or a time or a space where you can have those conversations about instruction, about how things are going with the kids in the room, with the instructional materials that you're using, with the instructional practices that you're trying out, rather than sort of in one point in time, evaluators coming in Seeing A, B, and C, and saying, "Okay, you're
1: four, you know you get four stars because of that." Mm-hmm. And I think teachers and evaluators often have the same very broad goal: they want things to go well, mm-hmm. they want students to be safe, and they want them to learn things. Um, but they often come to evaluation from from different frameworks. And so we talked a lot about how um, matching your intentions up from the beginning is really important, that um, an that administrator isn't necessarily going to see in their observation what you feel like you're showing them, unless you have a conversation up front about what your goals are and why. Um, and, and likewise, teachers aren't necessarily going to know to show you or to showcase the things that you're looking for in his administ- as an administrator unless you have that intention conversation before. And then there's, within the policies themselves, a couple of competing logics about um, whether evaluation is really about accountability and measurement, um, in which case you would approach it uh, in a certain way, and you would use certain tools and you would um, make decisions and let some things go but focus on others. Uh, Or is it really about teacher support and development, in which case you might actually tweak your tools and you might make slightly different decisions. And a lot of the just personal anecdotes that I was hearing from teachers, especially in workshop settings when we're talking about what uh, what they could be doing in their classrooms or the things they really value in their classrooms, they, uh, I kept hearing over and over again that people felt like they were um, cornered by the evaluation mm-hmm. system, cornered out of doing things they believed in or cornered into doing things they weren't sure about. Um, so we really wanted to have a text that uh, teachers and administrators could read together to have a common language and a common uh way of thinking and talking about literacy in the context of evaluation so that they could be clear with each other about, uh, today I really just want to measure, so these are the kinds of things I want to see, um, or today I really need your support, and so these are the kinds of things I'm going to show you, don't be measuring at the moment, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'm going to show you this and, this is, and, and what, co- what sorts of conversations would let that support happen um, instead of shutting it down because we measured instead.
0: When we open up that communication between evaluator and educator, does it relieve that stress? Does the stress level come down on both parts? Does, do you see that that's making the big part of the difference?
2: I think that there's potential for the stress to, to decrease and to be reduced. I also think there's potential for real adult learning to occur on both ends. I mean, I think that um, administrators can and should learn more about what's happening within the classroom kind of what's currently happening within the classrooms across their building as well as um, about instruction in general. Um, and in the same way, teachers can and should continue to grow and improve. So I think it's it's part of, I think that the conversation together is um, a mechanism for
1: everyone to grow and develop as instructors and to benefit instruction. Yeah. And so it could be that some of the anxiety around the interaction itself, um, maybe goes away, but it doesn't make it easier at all. Mm-hmm. Like in some cases, I think it makes it harder because you will have, uh um, a pointed conversation about what's working and not working, one that you maybe wouldn't have had if uh, if you sort of had completely crossed purposes. And that's what we really wanted to, uh, the, the sort of the big problem we wanted to avoid with the book is that people are investing an enormous amount of time and resources mm-hmm. and energy with the paperwork associated and with the time spent in observation or in debrief conversations, and it's like ships passing in the night sometimes, what administrators are looking for, what teachers are hoping for, and nothing comes out of that conversation. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, calibrating it a little bit, and giving some tools for um, talking together and giving some common language for it, and a way of just talking about, like, we have rubrics for observation that say what good teaching is, but what does that look like in a literacy classroom, Mm -hmm. and what does that mean for reading and writing instruction specifically? My hope is that people will have sort of tougher and better conversations uh, instead of kind of nonsensical, absurd ones that end up with a rating or a number or uh, I wish that I don't, I wish I'd learned something, but I didn't. Um, Because I think both sides, too often both sides are disappointed. It's nobody to getting what they want um, mm-hmm. if, we're, if we're all using the system for two different things.
0: You've got a quote from Chapter 6 that I think sort of dives into that nicely. It says, at the same time, leaders who care about their teachers may feel like giving feedback is a risk in and it itself. Can you expand upon that quote but also you know, the risks involved with feedback?
1: Yeah, so I think that um, uh, we think that when teachers are the, are the ones receiving feedback that they're the only ones that have something to lose, that they're going to need to save face or that they're going to feel bad about themselves. But administrators have a really difficult task uh, in terms of balancing the kind of feedback they give and and wrapping it up in ways that um, that shore up the relationship mm-hmm. instead of knocking it down, but also in ways that shore up their, their authority and their authenticity. Mm-hmm. And they often don't have uh, the things that teachers think about as something that would lend an administrator authority, which is, among teachers, usually experience. Like, you've never taught my content area or my grade before, and so why should I listen to you? It, do- it often doesn't come off uh, rude like that. But um, administrators need to... Convey that they know what they're talking about, um, and and have some confidence in the in what and what their analysis is. But they also have to do it in a way that doesn't burn a bridge, uh, because they need to be able to coach and keep that. Uh, employee but also realize that um, teachers are not just employees like widgets by themselves they're part of networks that talk Mm -hmm. to each other Mm -hmm. and so whatever you say to one teacher is going to be repeated over and over again uh, to the other people in the building Mm -hmm. and then everybody will have heard that message and I think that can be really intimidating to know that like I said it wrong once and all (laughs) of a sudden everybody thinks that I meant this and or everybody thinks that I think this one thing and And it wasn't what I meant. So I think that can freeze people up sometimes and um, make them not want to give specific feedback, just stay broad because broad is safe. Um, But broad doesn't get us very far in terms of improving instruction or even just improving like the chops that we have for talking about teaching, which sometimes need to be sharpened if we're going to be talking about the same thing sometimes.
0: What does an empowered teacher and evaluator relationship look like?
1: I can tell you what they have. Okay. They, have, they sometimes use similar words, and they talk about similar things, uh, and the words they use are specific. Um, so I'm, I'm big on the idea that a really supportive evaluation system has to be content-specific. It can't just be like, in general, good teachers do generic things, because I don't think there's anything generic about good teaching. I think it's particular and specific and context-bound. So when they talk to each other, they talk about specific things and they know what each other means. Um, so I guess what it looks like is um, conversation that moves past uh, broad generalizations and conversations that aren't necessarily long or combative or, um, or um, pointed, but that people seem like they know... Uh, seem like they know exactly what the other person is talking about whether they're using a word or phrase that is just used in the building or a word or phrase that we would use in research or it doesn't have to be the official term but that people really seem like they're talking about the same things when they're talking about instruction and then the big thing is that they actually are talking about instruction Mm -hmm. so I think we um, often hear conversations move to uh, management or move to logistics or move to you know here's why all of these things aren't happening but we uh, it's much more rare to hear teachers and administrators um, separately or together talking about instruction, like the core of instruction and how teaching and learning actually happen. Um, And I think uh, in relationships that are positive, robust relationships for evaluation, teachers and leaders can have a lot to say about the students in their rooms. Um, I think the folks that aren't paying attention to the right things, if you ask them about their kids, they tell you about the behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they say... uh, they'll rattle off something about the data. Um, But people that are really in tune with what's going on instructionally in their classroom can take one child and talk all about who they are as a thinker and a learner. Um, and they could do that for all their kids, and you could be there all day, and the idea is to kind of put a stopper on them um, instead of what sometimes happens, which is that it becomes a conversation about uh, why teaching is so challenging, mm-hmm. uh, and it is, or it becomes a conversation about everything but teaching and learning, like the equipment or the behaviors or the school day or the schedule, or the, which are all part of it, um, but they are sort of like the structure that holds it. They're not it. The- Teacher should also be asking the administrator
2: questions. Yeah. Um, on the one hand, kind of what are their expectations kind of for change, improvement, implementation, enactment of A, B, or C, mm-hmm. um, as well as for what kind of support they can and should receive um, in some of our other separate research together. Um, it's evident that in many evaluation or in this particular in a particular state. Um, it, most school leaders are still not providing professional learning opportunities that are matched with the needs surfaced in teachers' evalu- teacher evaluation outcomes or in their mm-hmm. out- in their ratings, um, and so I think that that's a through line that still kind of can and should be connected, mm-hmm. and that is a place for um, empowered teachers to ask more questions and sort of request and say, okay, if
1: mm-hmm. if this
2: is a surface need that I need to improve this dimension of my classroom discourse. Um, What are kind of the supports that that I can expect and where can I go to learn about this? Mm -hmm. Is there a way to carve out additional time with a coach? Is there a way to find a support in the
1: district?
0: When I was going through chapter six, I got sort of the idea in my head about imposter syndrome and Mm -hmm. how new teachers in particular Mm -hmm. really walk into the classroom. And, you know, there's many challenges that they have to face, but I feel like one more challenge is that imposter syndrome, and then they have to think about the evaluation at the same time.
1: Well, I'll just speak from personal experience. I I was I was like deep into the imposter syndrome as a twenty one year old. Uh teacher in a middle school. And I think I remember, and I write in the book about my very first observation, I remember looking forward to it so much because what I wanted most to get out of sort of feeling like an imposter was to be better um, and to know how to be better. And I think the big challenge for beginning teachers is that you could grow in all directions. And, and mm-hmm. we all can grow in all directions, but some, you, know, you can sort of tell your own priorities as you go or you have your own interests. So it's not sort of like, I need to be better at everything all at once immediately tomorrow. Um, And I was really excited about uh, getting feedback in that uh, context, scared about it, but excited about it because I thought the next day I'll have an idea of what I should be working on and right now I feel like I have to work on everything and that's overwhelming. Um, So in some ways I think the evaluation process could be uniquely supportive of teachers that um, really want some outside guidance about what to focus on uh, because administrators have experience, maybe wisdom, but they also have tools that help them prioritize um, for better or for worse, the tools prioritize certain things more than others, and that can be helpful for a beginning teacher. It can, and on, and the sort of flip side of that is that can feel constraining to teachers that are um, more more clear about their professional goals, and so that conversation from the beginning with the administrators is helpful, again, uh, in saying, um, this is my focus right now as a professional, and here's why, and, and can I enlist your support, and or can we make this go quickly, because it's not a huge part of my learning process at the moment, and we'll just do the, we'll do it the way it needs to be done, um, but we'll save some time and some space for me to explore this thing that I think is really important for my particular classroom.
2: My answer is I'm suggesting kind of a research agenda with it, um, in that um, new teachers are, and teachers who've come in in the past couple years are uniquely situated where they're coming in with sort of this new generation teacher evaluation system as the norm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're sort of seeing that from day one. So on the flip side, um, I think that. Um, for veteran teachers, they've, they've experienced this shock and this change. <laughs> and I think that that imposter syndrome can also be there for um, even veteran teachers um, right? Um, and need to not only kind of um, work through sort of the imposter issues, but as well as sort of get to know and understand sort of
1: a new evaluation system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I I did hear uh, often, and I still hear it pretty often, this um, feeling like you're under surveillance for the (laughs) first time and also feeling like you're kind of... Um, teaching, but you don't have all your clothes on or something. Mm Because People are there watching for the first time. Um, But there is a generation of teachers that sort of grew up in the profession with video cameras in their classroom as sort of a matter of course, Mm -hmm. or with administrator walkthroughs as like just part of the furniture. Um, And there are also beginning teachers that never had that experience. And it isn't necessarily an age thing, but in general... Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, I think there's a a culture shock, but sometimes beginning teachers have an easier time because they didn't know it any other way.
0: My thanks to Rachel and Sarah for their time today. You can download a sample chapter from Making Teacher Evaluation Work or read blogs on the book all at Heinemann.com. Be sure to subscribe for more podcast episodes, and we invite you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Plus, you can get a daily teacher tip right on your phone directly from Heinemann authors by downloading the Heinemann Teacher Tip app. All this and more on Heinemann.com. Thanks for listening.